Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts is a brand new and unique store, boutique-styled retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products where Wicked and cannabis cultures come together for a rather unique atmosphere. They're located on 185 Worcester Street, right next to Subway and Hertz Rental Car, and their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they can be contacted at 508-545-8105. They are closed on Sundays, and you can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google+. Welcome to Goth Girl Horror, the official hack slash podcast, part of the Radio Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and tonight on the show, we are unfortunately without our co-host, Serena, as she has left the show. Uh, but on the show with me tonight to talk about the final parts of Hack Slash versus Vampirella, we have the writer of this miniseries on the show with us, Sean Aldridge. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Sean, to talk about Hack Slash versus Vampirella. Hey, thanks for having me. Sean, where does your history in the comic book industry begin? Um, shoot, I guess it goes back to, I mean, I've been working on comics, you know, forever, but um, <laughs> but the public would probably know me first from um, a character I created called Vic Boone. That was, uh, years ago, DC did this webcomic sort of, thing called Zuda and um, so it was I don't know I think their purpose was to explore like the potential of web comics but do it in a sort of corporate thing and then to find new talent um, and whatnot but uh, that was the first thing so I mean Zuda was basically you got selected by three editors and then they ran a monthly contest of 10 comics, I think. Um, and there were like little six pagers, uh, that were, if you won, you got to continue the, um, uh, the series on, you know, online through the Zuda site or whatever. But I think that only lasted like, uh, a year and a half, if even that, um, maybe slightly longer. Uh, but with all things voting and internet based, it didn't go quite as well as I'm sure they thought it was going to go. <laughs> and then I did some work for Dark Horse. And then probably my best known thing is um, I did a mini series for Vertigo um, a few years ago called The Dark and Bloody. That's actually what led to the Hack and Slash Vampirella. And then I recently did an issue of Batgirl. And that's my history of comics. <laughs> What was your first exposure to Hackslash? Were you familiar with the characters of Cassie and Vlad before uh, writing the miniseries? I mean, yeah, I had read some of it um, on and off through the years. Because when it first came came out, um, I was actually working at a comic book shop um, in Kentucky that a friend of mine ran. And uh, so that was uh, early 90s. So I do it there because, you know, you're sitting in a comic book shop all day in a small town in Kentucky. You're not getting a whole lot of customers, so you kind of read everything that comes out. What was your first exposure to Vampirella? My, uh, probably my uncle's collection. He was a, 
he was actually who sort of got me into comics, uh, reading wise at least, because he grew up um, through the forties, fifties, and sixties, and was a big comic book reader, and then sold off his entire collection when he got drafted to the Navy for twenty five cents, not twenty five cents a piece, twenty five cents, <laughs> including such things as the first appearance of Thor. <laughs> and all that stuff. But as he got old, when he came back from the war and such, he was, you know, I don't want to say moved on because I don't want to, you know, act like superhero comics or some, you know, there's some age limit on when you can read them. But started reading Conan, all the, you know, the more prestigious adult comics. And there was always some Vampirella stuck in there somewhere. Oh, about the, uh, I probably was exposed to Vampirella much too young. <laughs> I think we all were. I was. We actually had uh, Tom on the show from the Vengeance of Vampirella book out right now from Dynamite, and I told him his uh, his uh, run on Vampirella in the '90s was my first exposure to the character. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever um, see that uh, horrible made-for-TV movie that was on Showtime starring Talia Soto? I'm sure. Actually, I probably did. Um, you think Vampirella would have inspired several cheesy <laughs> movies at some point? Or you know, animation. As well as quality ones, but... Yeah, or animation as well. Yeah. I mean, gosh, she's or been around for... Theory. Yeah, yeah. She, she's been around for 50 years. Yeah, I think you, you would think that something would have... I don't know, she just seems like a character that somebody would have probably could have gotten the rights for for cheap and then just been like, let's make a... You know, especially through the 90s. Or even to an extent... Well, I guess probably now they're a little bit worse more, but... You know, in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, when everybody was just tossing around, you know, comic book companies were selling... You know, movie rights for pennies. Um, yeah, you think? I mean, granted, I guess there was it. Like you said, there was the TV movie, but that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. That's but that was just like a cheat. You know, I think that was it was more. I think that was just somebody bought it so that girl could have a vehicle to you know attempt to act in. Maybe, um, but uh, yeah, that 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 is just a horrible, horrible representation of uh, the media of for Vampirella. And of course, Hack Slash has had like various. Uh, start installed projects over the years or whatever to try to turn that into a property. I think it would be great for a TV series, not a movie. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Um, and it's by no lack of Tim trying, let me tell you. I mean, he's been on the show yeah. a couple times, and he's like, trust me, we've tried. I don't have the Hollywood machine behind me. So I'm like, sure, go ahead. Here's the license. But then it just stalls. You know what I mean? It's just there's no creativity to want to get it done, which is a shame because I just think that Hack Slash would lend itself perfectly to a weekly TV series. Yeah. Well, especially in this day and age with, like, prestige TV being such a, you know, a big thing. I mean, even if you didn't do it as a, a traditional TV series, say, you know, you're whatever, you know, 32 episodes a season, whatnot, um, you could at least do a, ser- you know, do six-issue season. Or, I mean, six issues. <laughs> six, six episode, you know, little prestige, you know, miniseries once a year or something, you know, why is not HBO or Showtime or Netflix for that matter, especially with Netflix losing all the, the marble stuff. It's like, and they've got to know there's a market for, for that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure there would be a crossover between it and what, you know, stranger things or whatever. Hack slash and stranger things crossover. Well, I mean like an audience crossover, not necessarily like this, not the show crossing over. I was going to say, yeah, stranger things in the 80s hack slash is kind of today. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, like, and you know, like, there's a what seems to be popular in those sort of, you know, um, 
no, no, Netflix I got, I got series and that thing. Yeah, yeah, I got what you're saying. Um, where did your idea for the Hack Slash versus Vampirella story come up uh, with, or whatever? How did I mean? How did you put it together to have uh, Cassie and Vlad uh, face off against Vampirella, just to have her team up with her uh, against the? So Celie approached me, was like, "Hey, I read your Vertigo miniseries. I really thought it was good. Would you be interested in writing?" something hack and slash related. And I was like, yeah, sure. And originally it was supposed to be something else, hack and slash versus, you know, a completely different thing. And that kind of like dissolved. I don't want to say fell through because I don't know the, you know, I was just asked if I wanted to do it and then was like, hey, it's not going to happen. What was, do you, can you talk about what that original series was? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can. Tim, I don't know where it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the deal is with what it was. It was based on a movie, but okay. it's not any movie that anybody knows. Okay. Well, um, he'll be back on the show in December. I'll ask him directly. Because he'll, he'll know. It was a found footage horror thing, um, kind of. That's all I'll leave it at. Because I don't know where, you know, touchy things where it's like. Cassie and Vlad versus the Blair Witch? And so that, you know, that that didn't happen. And then he was like, hey, do you want to, you know, there's a bunch of different things involved. But he was like, do you want to do Hackslash versus Vampirella? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, one, I'm not going to turn down work. And then two, I thought it'd be a nice challenge for characters that I knew but didn't know. You know, it wasn't like I was a hardcore Vampirella fan or like, you know, a hardcore, you know, Hackslash Casey Vlad fan. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then they were like, okay, well, give us a story. You know, it's five issues. What do you want to do? And so my, I just, I was like, well, I'm going to eat up all this, you know, lore from both of them. So I just started digging through Vampirella's, you know, past reading back issues or, you know, stuff like that. And then same thing with Hacks. Ash was just sort of, you know, digging through and was like, what, what brings them together? You know, who can I find? And then I found the Blood Queen. Use her because she was kind of obscure. Where did the Blood Queen come? from? Oh, where did she come from? Yeah, she's from Vampirella's like early. I mean, she's bounced around. She's been almost. If any of the Vampirella series go long enough, she usually pops up. But I think she was originally used early on in the sort of post Vampirella's a horror anthology, and she's the narrator to when like okay, we're going to focus on like Vampirella as the character and all that stuff. But I mean, <laughs> blanket on any other reference. I know she was in the Vampirella Wetworks crossover from what ninety whatever. But she's just an old Vampirella villain, and she seemed to pop up enough, and there seemed to be enough of a rivalry that I was sort of like, I shouldn't say rivalry, enough there that it wasn't going to just be like tossing some, you know, let me find the obscurest D level villain Vampirella's ever fought and dove in here. So there was some history. She'd popped up long enough and they seemed, it seemed to fit all the characters involved. And then plus I liked her sort of MO of trying to collect hearts for this chaos God. I was like, yeah, that could be fun ripping people's hearts out. That's always a good visual. Uh, So, so then from there I just took that, you know, put it together. And then I knew that I wanted it not to be your typical, so there's elements of it. I didn't want it to be your typical, like, we bump into each other and we immediately start trying to just, just you know. There's a, the the sitcom approach to crossovers where it's like a misunderstanding until issue three and they were like, well, we've got to work together because you know, you're not working for whatever. And so my approach was just to make a buddy cop movie. And that's what, I, so that's how I approached the, that's how, and then I just put the, you know, the Blood Queen in as the villain and such. My inspiration for it was, you know, 80s buddy cop movies. <laughs> Getting into the issues themselves, Hackslash versus Vampirella, issue number four, uh, released January 10th, 2018. 
has Cassie and Vlad's Vegas vacation continuing as they take the flight to the Blood Queen and her horde in the scenic Nevada desert. The secrets buried there will come back to haunt them, but not in the charming old lady who died 100 years ago sitting in a rocking chair kind of way. And then Hackslash number five, which was released on February 14th, Valentine's Day 2018, has Cassie and Vlad's trip with Vampirella to stop the Blood Queen from getting the final heart she needs to summon the Mad God Chaos before them uh and before one of them falls wraps up the five issue miniseries convenient that the final issue involving a blood queen would come out on valentine's day which i had forgotten that that issue had come out <laughs> did you guys time that perfectly or what it, it ended up being timed perfectly i don't know if anybody involved actually timed it to fall that way i think it was just dumb luck if, if anything now, how much do you get to influence the art? I mean, as the writer of the story, you can say what the art, you know, how the character should be posed and moved around, correct? Because uh, my, yeah. my question I have is for one of the alternate covers, sorry, so the other cover for issue four, I have the one where Cassie and Vampirella are playing the Bats versus Bats board game. Very good uh-huh. cover. However, the cover for issue four has looks like Cassie dead by the Vegas sign, and Vampirella standing over Vlad, bludgeoned to death. But Vampirella loves Vlad, it seems, and like has this attraction to him. Why is this cover protect- uh, portraying her as being like the villainous and killing Vlad and Cassie? Oh, that's Gorin's cover, isn't it? I don't understand that cover whatsoever, because in the issue, I mean, she even comes on to Vlad and gets to drink his blood in order to help recuperate herself, because in the previous issue, she got stabbed through the heart by the Blood Queen. And mm. uh, I'm, I'm flipping through it, just so to be sure. I did read the issue before you came on. Cassie, I mean, Vemarella does not become the villainous in this issue. Why is the cover portrayed as her being the villainous? Well, uh, the covers I have nothing to say about. Um... I mean, I, I don't get a say in the covers. I can suggest... But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, like why yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just a case of they ask, or they hire artists to do the variants or the covers. And they give them, here's the three characters, here's a gist. So, say, like, Gordon in that case probably saw, oh, Hackslash versus Vampirella, and that's all he... And so he just draws a Hackslash Vampirella cover... <laughs> Of what he thinks is cool. Oh, so it's kind of one of those things where so, cover so, artists. So he never, yeah, it's so just so like he never they don't reads the actual comic book to figure out what the cover should be. No, 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 no. Oh, They're all done not. in. I mean, you'll see, and I ain't saying this across the board, but and this is all companies where, you know, sometimes there's just covers that they've been setting on. You know, it's like, oh, okay, we hired so and so to do this. I don't know, whatever Batman cover. You know. Yeah. I mean, I love Chrissy's cover. Where it's, to go. That's her style. But we haven't used it, so let's slap it on. I mean, yeah. And granted, now, that wouldn't be the case here, because he wouldn't have known three years ago that these three were. But the cover artists rarely get any side, unless I knew, you know, unless they know me mm-hmm. or something. Or, you know, I'm sure some of them ask for, like, hey, can I get more details about what's going on? You know, or something to make it a little bit more. But it's like my Batgirl cover. It had an alternate cover by Josh Middleton. With uh, regards to the issues, where did you um, come up with the idea to have uh, Vampirella attracted to uh, Vlad? What makes that, like, her type? I wanted to play off the fact that, you know, Vlad has always been sort of portrayed as, you know, having this sort of, I mean, 
ugly face, for lack of a better term. I was trying to think of a more elegant way to put it, but you know, he's always like a monstrous, you know, oh, you know, he's the, uh, you know, the sort of the hunchback, so to speak. And I just thought of if anybody, Vampirella wouldn't see it, you know, because of all the stuff she's seen, she, it wouldn't make any difference to her. So I wanted to um, just do something different and have Vlad be the sort of the object of desire uh, in this comic with, you know, Vampirella in it, who's usually plays that role. It was just funny. I just liked the fact that she was she was sort of mesmerized by him as much as he was her. And so yeah, that was where it was just a simple like gag I had to do throughout the book. Where did the use of color come into your comic book, but in in your miniseries? Because the color in these are very like like one complete color for an entire image, and sometimes it's not. So coloring. Yes, every issue, the coloring is like different for like one panel. It's like one purple. It's all green. It's all red. And sometimes the characters are colored. Where was the idea for that? Uh, that came from the colorist himself. They kind of sent me, I think he sent me like, um, or the editor did, like, a te- you know, like, hey, does this look fine? Because it was sort of how they wanted it. I was like, yeah, it looks, you know, fine to me. Because I'd only, I mean, I'll... Because at that point, I think when we were, we were only like two or three pages into the, like, finished art, you know, because this all happens pretty early, obviously. Um, and in this case, like, you know, a couple of months before the book was even coming out or whatever. And so, yeah, usually with the colorists, it's all sort of, you know, they're artists. They're just like the, the penciler, you know. It's sort of their... Um, I mean, granted, if it had been too wacky, I probably would have been like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm if this fits what we're doing. But, you know, like if you're doing something, you know, happy and slapstick, these colors probably wouldn't work. Doing what we were doing. Um, and it fit. It fit Ralph's art, I thought, you know, pretty well. And the vibe of the book. But it's all the colorist idea. It's really different. It's very uh, unique to the uh, the style of the comic book. And I believe that uh, the uh, that type of colorist is also working on the um, the James Bond comics. Yeah, I believe so, um, because a lot of times what will happen is an artist will find uh, – it used to be this case with pencilers and inkers, but since inkers kind of don't exist much anymore, an artist will find a colorist that he really likes and that suits his style, and they'll sort of work with each other. You know, The artist will always – I think the artist, and I can't say for certain, a lot of times the artist gets to select his colorist or at least suggest who do you want to be on this book, you know, who fits, you know, what we're doing here. And I know Ralph is doing some of the, or at least done some of the James Bond stuff. Um, I think he's currently working on one. I'm not sure. Um, I hope he is. Cause he's a really great guy. So I like the moment in issue four that, um, both, uh, Vampirella and Cassie say, Oh, we're fucked. Oh, we're definitely fucked. Oh, fuck. And they, you know what I mean? Is it um, is it Dynamite's decree that you have to put in like the censor for the swear words, even though it's a horror comic? I assume that all all I can say is that there was no censorship in my in my scripts. I just wrote them. I wrote all the cuss words. They they weren't the symbols, which is fine. I mean, I think they do it to. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like I, I assume that it's some sort of approach to keep it you know in case some kid gets a hold of it or something if you know i don't know i assume that was ratings but no in my books they said you know pardon my french but you know shit fuck damn it 
all that stuff was I wrote it out, which isn't actually something which is funny because normally I censor the words when I'm doing certain things myself because it's meant to be. You know, I find it it's if if the book is a little humorous. I don't mind the cuss words being censored because I think it adds a little bit to the, because it's such an odd, you know, at this point, those, the ampersand, pound sign, dollar sign, you know, thanks to, you know, Looney Tunes and whatnot are kind of a cuss word in themselves. Yeah. And this one, they just, I just was like, ah, if they censor it, that's fine. You know, it wasn't, I didn't think it'd be held to the thing, but yeah, that was something they did on their end that I didn't know until I actually saw the first issue and was like, oh, okay. So they're, I still cussed in the remaining five or the remaining four, but I was like, yeah. The Blood Queen, the final issue, gets sucked back into like a, a playing card and uh, rather unique death for a villain. Not, I don't remember seeing too many of those. And then Cassie, Vlad, and Vampirella. Are they at slot machines on the final page? It's hard to tell. Yeah, they're supposed to be just at slot machines. I said, I think I just said they're sitting at the casino. Um,. I may have said slot machines, but yes, they're at slot machines. I was going to say, as far as the Blood Queen's death, um, if memory serves, I think that's how she, that's like what happens to her almost every time. <laughs> she, like that was the curse was that she was in a, somewhere in the history she got playing and whenever somebody touches it, she can possess them or whatever. So I figured that was the way to end it was just to put her back in the card and if somebody ever wanted to use her again. There it is. So I don't know if anybody would ever use my interpretation of her, but it took me a little while to figure out exactly when in the continuity of like hack slash this takes place. But I was explaining it takes place between volumes one and two of the uh, Devil's Due Press and the Image, and then hack slash Resurrection takes place. You know more uh-huh. when that was actually printed. Where do you know where in Vampirella's history does this take place? I don't. Um, only because when I wrote it. I wrote it without any idea where it was going to be because I think at that point the new Hack Slash series that um, Teeny was writing hadn't sort of I think it was bubbling stage if even that it might not even been I think Tim may have just mentioned it and hey I'm thinking about doing a new Hack Slash series and then that was all I knew of it right so I wanted to just write something that didn't take that you could it could fit wherever they needed it to fit once it was done. Right. Like if, cause I wanted, you know, I think in the later parts of the last talk and slash series, Vlad's Vlad's dead. Right. He ends up getting killed. Um, at the end of the second volume of the ongoing, he dies, but hack slash resurrection, he comes back. Yeah. So I just knew that I wanted to use him. Right. I mean, like, what's the point of, you know, I mean, yeah, not that Casey's not a great character, but this was being published you know. at the time that Hack's Last Resurrection was being published. But according to uh, a friend of the shows, he said that the um, uh, Greg, who wrote like the timeline for Hack's Last, he said that Hack's Last versus Vaporella takes place between the Devil's Due Press series and the Image Comics series in terms of continuity. Yeah. So sure. I'll bow to that. But like when I wrote it. Well, you know, it's one of those things when I, you know, wrote, I had no, I was just like, this is just a, it's one of those, it just happens whenever, you know, I'll let them decide. And it seems that they did. I knew I wanted it after certain events, but I didn't want it too far, you know, so I was just like, ah, it'll be whenever, you know, it's just a random weekend for, you know, Casey and Vlad. 
and then you guys can figure out when that random weekend happens, you know. And with Vampirella, she was sort of all over the place at that point that I was like, you know, this could literally happen at any point in Vampirella's, you know, career. Yeah, I mean, Vampirella's continuity is kind of all over the place sometimes, and God only knows what's actually still in continuity and what's not. I mean, Tom recently just started Vengeance of Vampirella again, and he says that this takes place after Death and Destruction, issue number three, and ignores the Grant Morrison continuation that happened like a, like a few months later. I mean, that was my, you know, funny enough, the the biggest thing in writing this was dealing with the Vampirella half of it, um, you know, negative way or anything. But it was, there was a lot of me emailing or getting email uh, saying, you know, me asking, can Vampirella do this? Or getting um, email saying, Vampirella can't do that. Hence the reason why I'm not that kind of vampire is a running gag in the book because I couldn't, I was, you know, cause it, like you said, it, you know, it's been, she's been started, stopped this, that for so many years, I think it became now though, apparently there is a, you know, someone at dynamite that, you know, holds the official, this is what Vampirella, you know, this is her timeline. This is her abilities. So there was something with Vampirella I wanted to do, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I thought it fit. You know, it was it was really, you know, run of the mill vampire thing. And so I asked, like, hey, can she do this? Or maybe I just sent the script in, and then I got a note saying, uh, Vampirella can't do that. It's not within her, you know, circle of power, so to speak, and stuff. So then it just became like anytime I, I was just like, can Vampirella do this? What exactly is the take on Vampirella in this? Uh, so that was the most thing. I mean, Casey and Vlad, you know, Tim would sign off on the script. Like I would send my script into the editor. They'd run it through Tim. Tim would be like, this is perfectly fine. I assume, um, since the books did get published and I never got back any notes from Tim, but, and then they would go. But yeah, my biggest, the biggest thing was Vampirella and her mess of a, I don't want to say that, it sounds bad. No. Vampirella and her. No, 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 that's absolutely 100% <laughs> accurate. She has a mess of continuity. And yeah. Someone needs to come up with like a, okay, so this is where it's going. I mean, the only person who seems to have any kind of continuity going with Vampirella these days, uh, Dynamite did for a little while, then they restarted Vampirella again, and she's on like on a psychiatric, uh, she's on a psych's couch talking about all of her past adventures as like a joke and i'm like okay is they taking this seriously I'm, I'm all for funny gags i'm not trying to be overly serious but um at least with vengeance of vampirella tom officially like the first three pages of his comic book show you exactly when they take place in continuity because it's the last three pages of the last book that he wrote for harris years ago it's his continuation of vengeance of vampirella which is perfect, you know what I mean? But like Vampirella, period, standalone, the new yeah. ongoing, it's like the third or fourth reboot that Dynamite has done. And it's like, why do you keep rebooting it? And I've heard someone's like, oh, they keep rebooting Spider-Man and blah, blah, blah. Yes, they keep going back to issue number one of Spider-Man, but the continuity is still pretty easy to follow. Yeah, exactly. They don't. It's, Spider-Man isn't suddenly an alien from a planet of Spider-Men. Oh, wait. You know, no, wait, he was. Vampirella started out. Sean, he was in the Japanese you know. oh. TV series. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, the Japanese, yeah. <laughs> we want to count that, but 
it's like, and I understand it, you know, characters like the, the peripheral sort of, I mean, I guess the indie characters that are super well known, um, when that shit, you know, when it passes through so many hands, it's, it does become a mess, you know, because I mean, yeah, how many publishers has Zamparella had? You know, um, four? Five? No, no, no. I mean, ha- I mean, uh, three. Warren, Harris, and now, uh, um, uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, only three that I'm aware of. Okay, okay. I think it was like four, but I, I think it was, never mind. But, you know, I mean, it's, and different writers, and everybody's got their own take, and then, you know, she's such an old character that every take, most of the time, is going to be, every time they re- rebooted her, it was to reboot her to appeal to that certain time. And shit that works in that time doesn't necessarily work now. Probably didn't work then. And stuff. So, you know, I mean, I give them some slack. It's, you know, she's a, a mess of a character, but when you get to, you know, tick up that long with sort of, I guess, the corporate oversight, you know. Granted, Batman's been around for a long time, but DC. You know, the entity has done a nice job of capping him within, you know, the thing where Vampirella is, you know, if Grant Morrison wants to do something, you kind of let Grant Morrison do it and you don't really give a shit or that contradicts something, you know, yeah. from 1980s issue of Vampirella. But then when Grant Morrison leaves, you're left with the shit that Grant Morrison did. And, you know, the next person's got to come in and be like, okay, well, how do we wrangle this all in? So I just tried to keep her Vampirella wise to, you know, I'm going to have her, you know, uh, a running gag between her and Casey where Casey says something and Vampirella has to repeat that she's not that kind of vampire and then have her make a, you know, a joke about her own origin, you know, because it was just like, that's too long of a story. You know, <laughs> it's just like, no, no, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Well, despite all of our technical uh, shenanigans this evening, Sean, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about uh, Hackslash versus Vampirella. We've had Tim Seeley on the show before, but it's also nice to have some of the other creative talent that's worked on Hackslash. And also, thank you for contributing to the uh, our 50th anniversary of Vampirella celebration. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's been fun. And yeah, despite our... Uh... Computer glitches, I'm sure it was probably government drones or something interfering. Um, it's been a blast. Adam. It's good to go back and sort of revisit these these goofballs. Um, Where can people find you on Twitter? But, um, I'm on Twitter at, shoot, I don't know, Sean Aldridge. Um, and uh, Instagram, I think, is the same thing. I sound like an old man. On that Twitter, the social mids. Yeah, it should be Sean Aldridge. If you just Google Sean Aldridge, there's not a lot of us in the world. Sean Aldridge in comics, and you'll find me. Um, And beyond that, that's about it. I've got some, hopefully some new stuff coming out within the next year or so that is unrelated to Hacks, Slash, or Vampirella. But if you like that stuff, I hope you like, you'll like, I think maybe you'll like this stuff too. Awesome. Again, Sean, thank you very much for coming on the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Gonna stop tonight Let the villains know That she's looking for a 